My therapist irritatingly says, the first two years of a relationship, throw them away. That's it. Then they don't count for anything, really, because you're in that whole big thing, you know, whatever it is, the romantic thing or the thing. But, you know, then it gets real. On our podcast, Without You, we're going to talk above all else about sex, love and addiction. And today, we're discussing moving from intensity to intimacy, which was a topic that we decided at the end of one of our episodes, and you guys were quite excited about it. And to be honest, I at first didn't know what you were talking about. I was thinking, what? So the way I've thought about it is that I thought, okay, intensity. So let's just review. We, I know we talked about this before, but intensity. Just to state what we're talking about here, and you guys jump in if you feel like it, if I get anything wrong. Intensity is what we talked about when we talked about the beginning episode. It's the chemical-induced part, the flirting part. Um, the part that I would say gives you a boost, and it's what all relationships uh, start with. Um, and... It doesn't necessarily have a time period. It can go on into the dating phase. I mean, I don't think there's a time period for it. And um, It's more of a therapeutic phrase that I would use with couples of how have they negotiated the intensity of the beginning into the intimacy. I don't think... I don't think you even get to the dating part unless there's some degree of intensity that helps helps you want to see the person. Yeah. And then to see the person, now we start talking about the intimacy part. And we did say, we, we, we used that old adage of into me see, I think I said that before, as a definition for intimacy, which... Into me, see, to me, sounds like it should be like cross-stitched and framed on a wall at a treatment center somewhere in oh, Ari sure it Arizona. Is. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is. And I don't know. I think it's worth mentioning that, like, I think sometimes people can mistake intensity for intimacy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Intensity is very heady. It's very much about uh, the plans, the what will happen, how, you know, how will it be, etc., etc. And the intimacy is much more relaxed, much more in a rhythm. Um, yeah. But I don't, not sure you can, well, I don't know. I, I don't know what you think, Sophie. I'm sure that you can have intimacy without intensity, but I think intimacy that arrives after intensity is worth more. Mm. But I think the intensity at the beginning is is quite complex and, and quite usual in most cases. I think it's absolutely usual, um, both in anything that's functional or dysfunctional. It's just that whole big romantic fun bit is how I would describe that intensity. I guess where it was problematic for me or where I would describe it as being dysfunctional is when you get stuck in that intensity and that's it. There is no, that's the thing. 
so in that intensity time I would um I would say it's pretty much mostly fantasy based it's not really based on anything real it's based on where my head's gone into what this is all about what this might be who this person is who I am that I feel so great because I'm loved or whatever of that that whole big heady thing which is really fun and can be really fun and can all be totally fine I think what's interesting is why I think this is quite an interesting subject is this in how that becomes real or that shift or or if it's not becoming real and if I'm stuck in that need for intensity then I'm probably stuck into some kind of addictive pattern I'm not heading towards a relationship that's not what I'm doing I'm stuck in a in a thing in a in a need in a replacement in an attachment it's not about a relationship yeah and you did sorry carry on I was just going to say you did say that before as well that something um that when you were going from relationship to relationship to like I don't know if you said relationship to relationship or intensity to intensity or beginning to beginning but you 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 told us that that was you in your addiction before Absolutely. And also, I think it's complicated because that's what the world tells us relationships are supposed to be like. Mm. All that fun, romance, uh, fantasy, it's all happy ever after. It's all got to feel great. It's all got to feel great all the time. And I mean, also, that's what addicts love. We love feeling great all the time, whatever method we're using. Or not even feeling great, but just being uh, whatever. That's that's another thing. but we're not so much taught that actually intimacy can be uncomfortable and can be hard work and requires a commitment to want to relate to another human being. That was a whole new world to me. That wasn't something I'd experienced in my family um, or certainly in all my previous sort of romantic liaisons, including a marriage. But I think you hit on something huge there, Sophie, because in order to be able to bear the intimacy, because so much, not that we're just talking about addiction, but so much of the addictive part in relationships is about an inability to handle the intimacy. So we need to keep it ramped up and loud and, you know, full of music and full of action, because in families of origin, the idea of being vulnerable and being able to be really seen and heard and understood and be who we are is usually not the case. It doesn't have to be, you know, massive abuse or anything like that. It can just be not getting our needs met, feeling very vulnerable, some shame, perhaps some carried family shame if the family couldn't handle it. I mean, it's all about the difficulty at that point of being able to be in intimacy. And I think this is where other attachments or addictions come in as well, or even just normal using stuff. So we all drink or use drugs to keep the romance alive or, you know, whatever it is. It's that whole thing of this thing about keeping the romance, which that's all great. I don't want to sound like this huge killjoy that it's that nothing fun is good. Um, and I'm really conscious of that as well, of uh, it in the way that we talk about some of these things. Um, but I think it's it's a problem when we can't move into a more real place. I remember James Corden, who I really like, saying something years ago, I think it was in an interview, 
um, when I was living in America, that he'd gone out for all of his 20s just to find somebody that he could stay in with. And I thought, oh, my God, if only it was that simple. But it was such a great way of phrasing it. Mm. Yeah, that's brilliant. Oh, God, staying in with someone. What a terrible thought. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Back in their day. Now Back I'm in the day, happy yes. staying yes. in with many people. But, um, yes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to loop back a bit. Sophie, you said, um, I can't remember what you said exactly, but you talked in a, a couple talks ago, you mentioned commitment and being feeling committed before you can feel intimate with somebody. And I'm just wondering, does that kind of commitment, like what comes first, revealing yourself in the beginning of intimacy or making a commitment or is it simultaneous? Obviously it's not, a, a, or maybe it is a thing. Like, do you have like stages that you go through or maybe you don't, maybe it just happens at the same time? Well, in my experience and certainly in my current relationship where, um, so by this time I'm a little more savvy about what's going on and in recovery from addictions, including um, sex and love addictions and very, at that time in my life, very committed to wanting to do things in a more functional way. So, so what we did was to, in order to navigate that intensity and excitement and all the rest of it, which, which was fine, I had some boundaries in place around not the relationship not being sexual for actually for us quite a long time. So like kind of old-fashioned dating, really, of getting to know someone. Did you have in your head a set time that you were going to put off starting anything physical or when you went into it? Or did you, or were you just sort of feeling your way through it and maybe talking with people about it? Well, in recovery, there were guidelines, and I can't remember what they were, but there were specific guidelines around, um, or people come up with certain things that I think are really helpful, like no sex for for 30 days or no sex until three major arguments or I'm and also it's that thing that you know what do you mean by no sex to keep that sexual charge out of the relationship it's incredibly hard it took a discipline but does that involve kissing does that involve you know where where do you draw a line I think that's why it's really helpful to have people around that you're actually talking these things through of of what behaviors are going to be problematic if I'm if I'm asked by a client my recommendation is that they try and go 12 dates without any kind of of sexual communication with bodies whatever that may be and the reason for that is I I can't remember if I've said this before but I liken it to a recording studio once you get sex involved you've whacked up the bass you then can't hear the lyrics the song the melody it's really difficult you, once you've done something you know you can never have a first kiss twice it's done yeah. and so to so to get to know someone and then be able to be building trust you know i can remember once saying to a client does he have your phone number why would you kiss him or sleep with him before he actually you know that he's going to contact you again it's just too miserable making. 
Yeah, probably just all that stuff about fantasy, all that stuff about needs. Yes, what I would advocate for clients, particularly those that have come because of troubled relationships, they may not be in addiction, they may actually never see it through that light, but they definitely want help. Um, Usually it's women talking about finding avoidant men, often it's men talking about finding women that it doesn't matter what they do, if, if they're obviously if they're heterosexual, it doesn't matter what they do, they can't seem to please them. And trying to get them to go back to the childhood stuff is complicated. Trying to get them to understand their own version of what intensity versus intimacy or actually going to what you said earlier, Sophie, is trying to reframe it perhaps as going from fantasy to reality. It's just as valid either way. I mean, certainly for me, keeping sex out of or sexual contact or the sexual energy out of the start of a potential new relationship. So I would describe dating as exploring the potential of a relationship really helped me. And I I kind of think probably really would help anyone because then you've got that time to notice what comes up or notice the discomfort of me wanting to sexualize something? Why do I want to control this? Am I fearful that they're going to leave if I'm not sexual? Are they freaking out because it's not sexual? Are we just conforming to what society expects? Is is that is sex the only thing that's in it? And having that time to explore other things, um, super useful I mean back in the old days nobody had sex till they were married and and I think there's a reason for that I I don't I'm not suggesting that's a great idea certainly where I got to in my recovery and as I was getting to know my husband uh I mean I think he thought I was crazy with all my mad rules about what you do and don't do and we're going to do this for x days and we're not going to do that and but certainly a lot came up in that time And we had arguments in that time. And a lot of reality came in, like, who is this person? Because I couldn't control it sexually. And and also for me at the time, it felt really important because this was this was a stage in my life where I was looking for a life partner. I wasn't looking for a short-term thing. And for me, I wanted that commitment before I was going to get sexually involved. And I wonder, Sophie, what moved you to deciding that? Because Mm. I think that's a really crucial point. I think there's a view that most women always look that, always seem to be looking for that. And I don't think that's true. I think there's also a, a case of it's imagined that men, hetero or otherwise, never look for that. And I don't think that's true. So I wonder what moved you into wanting, perhaps it was recovery itself, I don't know. Yeah, definitely my recovery and a bit of self-esteem and a little bit, uh, you know, a thought to what I was actually looking for in my life rather than what I thought they were wanting in, or um, or being so frightened of being with someone that, you know, I think, that, again, we talked before, there's so many permutations of how to be dysfunctional when it comes to sex and relationships. So... Um, But for me at the time, yes, I wanted to be with someone and yes, I wanted a a long-term thing and I wanted to not fall into the old pitfalls. So I was pretty militant around 
okay, so now we might be dating. But this is, and I remember sitting there reading out these manifestos of, okay, so we're now dating, which means that you can't touch me, but you need to, you need to be up for the following things. You need to be agreeing to be committing to your own spiritual path. You need to be, you know, whatever it was of all these things that I wanted. And, and you know, I mean, he good-naturedly went along with the whole thing. Um, and then I had specific <laughs> saw rules. the prize at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had crazy rules around what was sexual. So if there was a part of a body inside another body... Mm. that constituted sex which is kind of nonsense so uh, you know french kissing out a little peck on the lips in um (laughs) where it all gets really muddy actually interestingly and I was talking to my husband the other day who has some fondness for this time because whilst I think he thought it was a little crazy and a little unnecessary and now we've been together for 14 years or whatever it is, he does say that it was just massively sexy and fun Mm. because of all that anticipation. Mm. And, you know, and, and, you know, yeah, it was hugely fun in, in, in lots of ways rather than, you know, getting to cutting to chase too quickly. I would, in any situation, I would definitely recommend holding out. Well, it's like foreplay. It's like foreplay. Exactly, exactly. In in a in a very sort of quaint way. I'm sure back in the days where all, there were all those sort of, you know, frantic love letters and, um, you know, a stolen handkerchief or somebody blowing someone a kiss. It was all that kind of stuff. Um, but ultimately it gave us a bit of time to discover who each of us was, which was good. I've just remembered, I think I was in my mid-teens when the boyfriend at the time, from a moving train window, threw me his signet ring because we were both going back to our respective boarding schools. I've no idea how I caught it. I've never managed to catch anything. (laughs) And it still is one of the most thrilling things that ever happened because it had moved to a different stage. So I completely agree. I think so much gets lost when we don't look at all the small parts all the small parts, and I'm not talking biologically, that go together, as opposed to wanting to go straight to the to the fix or the mm. moving it to another stage. I, I think so much gets lost. Mm. And there's the romance. Mm. Yeah. So there's the fun. There's you know, and and yes, there's a whole amount of intensity in that time, as well. You know, so it's 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 not. I'm not saying intensity equals bad intimacy equals good Mm. but the journey to it it gave me the wherewithal to 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 make that shift and and intimacy I mean that's a lifetime project Mm. that's not a woohoo now we're intimate yeah yeah Yeah. that's an ongoing thing as you guys know of course and it's really I think it's really because you can be in a relationship you can be married or in a long-term committed relationship with somebody and being you know fully sexual with them and it not be intimate actually absolutely sure. you know so it can look like the tin says intimacy on it but it it may not be that well, I will often use the word intimacy in my consulting room and people immediately think I'm talking about sex and I'm not. Yeah, exactly. And that's where I got to when I was when I when I did write 
the book is that the main character wakes up and thinks, oh, my God, I'm married. And it's not at all that thing that people talk about because she doesn't know what that is because she doesn't know how to get there because she's doesn't because she doesn't know. She's never had it modeled to her. That's what her revelation is, is that she's never actually had it or seen it. And I think it's a high art. I really do. And it's certainly one that I, it, it's, it's not something I've got it down. It's something I have, um, I have experience of what it means. And um, I am working towards that in, in many relationships. Actually, yeah. I do have intimate, I have intimate relationships with, with many friends, but it's, um, and with my husband to varying degrees. I was going to ask um, about friendships and having intimate friendships where there isn't the sexual element. Well, I learned to do intimacy in my primary relationship through having some experience of intimacy in my, with my uh, non-sexual friendships. Uh, for me, my female friendships. So Sorry, that's what's how your, I learned to do it. What's a primary relationship? With my partner, uh, husband, sexual partner. So you learned how to have intimacy with your main squeeze through your friendships by doing yeah, it with absolutely. your friendships first. I guess in a healthier setup, we all learn to have intimate relationships because they're modeled to us in our family of origins. We have intimate relationships with our siblings, with our friends. Um, I think, like Adriana was saying, we lots of things sort of masquerade as intimacy, or we're told things are intimate where actually they're really not. But that's because we're all addicted to things looking all lovely on the outside. I think it's very uh, easy to think that there's only addiction in a relationship category if it is your sexual preference. Whereas I think we forget perhaps about the whole attitude of codependence coming in and how our patterns are our patterns are our patterns. And we will repeat them to a lesser or greater extent in our friendships. And in that case, then it's more like the intensity of taking someone hostage, you know, being able to have five hour conversations with a friend, which isn't necessarily that healthy or that intimate. So I, I think what you're saying, Sophie, which I agree with, um, is that once we learn how to trust ourselves with another and them with us gradually over time, getting that degree of intimacy, we have to have liked them in the first place, but getting that degree of intimacy, then we're able to translate it across the board. And it's a skill yeah. that we have as individuals. I mean, certainly for me, I've had to learn it. I think it was you, Jen, who described it as revealing ourselves so being truthful, ultimately intimacy is about being truthful. So revealing ourselves and being curious or the other person revealing themselves or being curious enough about the other person to allow them to reveal themselves. Yeah. And in revealing, it's about being able to see who is sitting in front of you. And it's also about being able to be, I mean, I know we say into me see, but it's also about being able to see. It's both, obviously. Well, it's actually very brave. 
Yeah. Probably doesn't sound it, but it actually is very brave. And my view is that courage is always rewarded. And in the into me you see, you have to show up. I think there's very active listening, very active observing. There may be things mm. that aren't particularly mm. great. You probably wouldn't notice them in the first few days, but you may notice further on down the relationship. And then it's making a conscious decision of whether that's a deal breaker or whether you can actually say to the person, look, can we talk about this? Because I need to express how I feel about it. I think that's I think it's really brave. Yeah, I, I guess that. at the beginnings, there's an element of performance going on. You know, we're all doing our thing. We want to be funny, um, sexy, attractive, intelligent, whatever it is, we're doing our thing. So there's a promotion, there's a, um, there's a performance. And then as that shifts, we're getting more vulnerable. Yeah. And that vulnerability is the key. Or that actually is the gold, or certainly in my experience, that's the really interesting part of another person and when I think I can get to that place of or where there's a meeting of two vulnerabilities in a union in a in a relationship that's when it's really beautiful nicely said mm. I think that I think that sums it up really I particularly love that you mentioned a bit back courage and and because it is, it's scary. I think it's, I think being vulnerable for most people is scary. And I think it, it, it addicts take it to another level. And when I was like preparing to talk to you guys about this, one word that kept popping into my head was integrity. And then I thought that maybe it was coming into my head because we were talking about intimacy and intensity. And it begins with in. And I meant to like look up what in well, I think I think we know what in means, but integrity kept coming into my head as something that we need alongside courage to keep showing up for intimacy. And it was something that was um, pointed out to me, like, you know, integrity meant I was told doing what you say you're going to do. Really simple. You say you're going to do something, you do it. And... Sophie, you mentioned emotional intelligence, but that's also um, emotional maturity. You know, you say you're going to do something, you do it. And that is, to me, integrity. And I think it's um, in order to make the shift into intimacy, you've got to be really grown up and you've got to have courage and integrity. I'm going to end it there, guys. So we'll be back. I don't know what we're going to talk about next time. And I don't think we know what we're going to talk about next time, but we seem to have a lot to talk about and we certainly do <laughs> and we could talk a lot so that leaves me to say thank you to amelia bailey or at amelia baylor for music and ross berman at mr ross berman for producing and engineering you can get in touch with us via instagram or twitter at without you pod or you can find us on facebook at without you podcast and if you have anything you'd like to hear about please let us know Bye. Bye. Bye.